Hi, Tiffany Faison. Hi, Tiziana Deering. God knows what we'll talk about today. God knows what we'll talk about today. <laughs> Used to be food, now it's just a crapshoot. All kinds of stuff. I actually think we're going to talk TV to I'm start. Into it. Yeah. It's great to have That's you here. Welcome back life. to Radio Thank Boston. You. Nice to be here always. And there's always so much that we can talk about, but you are a fierce competitor. Ah. One of the, the first time we ever talked to you, one of the things that we talked about is your various exploits on uh-huh. television. And um, season five yep. of Tournament of Champions is coming back. It's coming back. So that means you've already shot it. We've yes? shot it. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you know what happens. We don't know what happens. I do. You're not going to tell us what nope. happens. Um, but uh, this is that big one that's like super. Super stressful, and all these yes. these chefs have to compete, and there's like this random wheel, and they get ingredients <laughs> and a way to cook. Why, and am, I, why are my palms sweating? Right well, now? because I've watched sweaty. it, and yeah. I wanted to throw up the first. Oh time yeah, out. it's super stressful. Crazy. You won season three, right? Three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And this time, you're not competing. I am. I thought you were coaching. No. Oh my god. No, I'm competing. You're actually competing. Oh yeah. How are you? Like as a human? Yeah, did you survive? Oh, yeah, yeah, you survive. Um, You know, the interesting thing about it, it is just the most stressful experience. It's also wildly fun. But there is, you know, it's the great, like, moment that we all have together is like, we're not alone. And I I had a conversation with other people this season where I said, the thing that kind of brings me to this and allows me to, like, feel better about it, there's not one of us who feels differently walking out there. Of all 32 of us win, lose, have won before in the past, whatever happens, we walk out those doors and we all feel exactly the same level of stress. So here's what I wonder about that. What what do you have left to discover about yourself that you don't know that would put you back in that meat grinder? That's again? a great question. Um, I don't know if it's like discovery about myself. Um, pretty familiar with who I am in competition, although it changes throughout the years. You know, it's very much like being an athlete on an NBA team. Like you can have great seasons, you can go in and out of it, you can go through a dry spell, you can go through, you know, like all of those things can happen in the arc and the lifetime of like being a competitive cook. Um, It's weird. It's like its own its own, its own athletic thing. So yeah, you can have moments where you're like, wow, I just can't can't win a thing to save my life. And then you can have like a winning season where you feel like you can't lose. And it, it's wild. So you learn a lot about how, not only how you are in competition, but how you deal with those arcs in your life. So listeners should know, it. you know, think about brackets that you see mm-hmm. in tournaments, right? March you Madness got, style. Right, exactly. Yeah. You got eight weeks, you got 31 battles. Uh, the finale is on April 7th. Hundred fifty thousand dollars at stake. Biggest you know, prize they, ever. Yep. So they they narrow and they narrow yep. and they narrow. I guess the other thing I want to ask you is, did you discover as you went through it this time a level of new mastery for you? Like, have you mastered? You're like, oh, I'm I have mastered something I hadn't mastered before. Like, are you m- more skillful than you were the first time you competed? That's such a good question. Uh yes, in some ways, and then in some ways, it's brand new every time. Because there's just an element that you can't prepare for. You either have it or you sort of don't. Um, and they bring these random elements. In. Yeah, like exactly. They'll say cook with some. You had some. One year you had this weird thing I'd never heard of that f- like fried, but it was used Not sub-zero so. cold oh, or something. Oh, it's an anti-griddle. Yeah. Yeah. Um, anti-griddle. Like who, who, what? <laughs> it's a frozen griddle. I know. It's, yeah. it's And the only reason anyone would ever use it is on competition television when you right. have to. Right. Um, so it's protein, produce, style time and equipment right and so all of those things are like uh, on the wheel and they're completely random and so you have to like in a moment it lands and you have to go and it it really is like it lands and you go yeah um so yeah it's you there's never like full mastery even and i've talked to other people who've also won we all 
feel the same way. It's just like it is it is exactly the same as being a basketball player in the course of like the NBA. There's times you're going to win. There's times you're going to put up 45. And there's times that you're going to walk away and go, wow, that was not my day. Okay, and also you're competing at the NBA level in what you do. I get that is kind of cool. Yeah. I never thought of it that way. It is cool. And it's fun. It's such a privilege. It's such a privilege to be able to. So we're here with Tiffany Faison as we enjoy doing about monthly. And I'm going to use, I'm going to do one of those pivots that I do as a host. right? Because one of the other competitors is local. Uh, It's Karen Akunowitz, Mm -hmm. um, who was, is owns Fox and the Knife and is a 2018 James Beard Foundation Award winner. Mm Um, which makes us think about the James Beard Awards. Yeah. Um, and we're going to give you a chance to flex here because the last time we saw you was our Friendsgiving. Yeah. Um, you helped pick the people who came in. So uh, fun. And Comfort Kitchen was one of your picks. They're nominated for yes. Best New Restaurant. Yeah, aren't you feeling pretty fancy? No, I, I think I'm so happy for them. They just had their year anniversary. Um, I went and had dinner last week there. Um, I just adore them. I love what they do. Um, I'm really happy that they made the list. I, I could have told you they were going to make the list. They've just, they were on the, like the New York Times Best New Restaurant. So they are definitely like, they're getting their flowers this year and they should. What makes a new restaurant of the caliber that would make the James Beard Award say this is one of the best? I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Uh, there are th- like, the 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 criteria has changed so much throughout the years, and I will say as much as I do, you know, have respect for the James Beard Foundation. There's no transparency. No one has any idea. We don't really know who's like we sort of know who's on the board, the selection committees, but there's no criteria. Um, there's frustration there, I think, among the culinary community that um, it used to be a a boys club for sure because it used to be people were nominated and then the pe- the voting body was people who had previously won so when it's all like white straight guys all the winners are white straight guys and so there was really a push after the me too moment movement to and the black lives matter movement to sort of shake that up um which i think has been successful in a lot of ways um but they haven't changed the lack of transparency yeah. And so I think that there's always, in the absence of transparency, I think that there is still this like shroud of um, just un- under, there's a lack of understanding of how they get to this and how people are selected. Um, it's across the board. There are, you know, without taking shots at anyone, there are restaurants that I've been to that I have no idea. Uh, and I mean nationally, I don't mean like in the region, how yep. they've made the list. Yeah, Not a clue. So it's still a black box. Oh, yeah. It's still a black box. Okay. So I'll, I'll just call off a few of the other nominees outstanding uh, in the area. Yeah. Outstanding Wine and Other Beverages Program, um, Haley Henry Wine Bar in Boston, Rebel Rebel in Somerville. Yep, yep. Uh, Best Chef Northeast, Tracy Chang from Pagu in Cambridge. You've got Rachel Miller from Nightshade Noodle Bar in Lynn. awesome. I, oh, and we've both been on the show, which yep. is you know why I picked the two of them. I'm looking down this list. One of the things that I notice, I don't think there's a lot of fine dining here. That has changed. Oh, so why? What's going on with fine dining? I think that we've understood and noticed that fine dining doesn't have to be the standard bearer for awards. Um, I also think a lot of chefs are bored of it. Um, it, it's, it feels fussy in a way that it's interesting because I think, you know, being a cook, a lot of us, it's changed, but a lot of us were very blue collar and came up. And um, I think there's a moment for people that that people like me that realized their their family would feel really uncomfortable in the restaurants that they were cooking in. And I think not just for that reason, but others that the the 
idea of what restaurants should be kind of changed. Also, fine dining restaurants are very expensive. They tend to be very wasteful in terms of food. Um, That's not always true, but it tends to be very true. Um, Not not that fine dining doesn't have its place. It does. And and that's important. There are fine dining restaurants on this list. But I think generally how we view, understand, and digest restaurants in every way, every pun intended, um, is different. So before we move on to the Super Bowl, which we are going to talk about, yes. uh, let me give you a chance to give a shout to some uh, chef or restaurant that if you were uh, in the untransparent group of people yeah. who made the nominations, you would have nominated this year and didn't make the list. Cassie Puma from Sarma. Why isn't she on that list? She made it to the long list and the short list and then a few years and then all of a sudden she's not on the list anymore. Her food is extraordinary. They're busy all the time. She runs a great ship. There's no abuse. She's a good leader. What are we missing, guys? Where is Cassie Puma? Where's Sarma? Cassie Puma. Okay. From Sarma. There we go. Thank she you. She should have won it years ago. All right. Nice shout out to Cassie Puma and Sarma. Got you, girl. All right. Now we're going to do some Super Bowl. Let's do it. It's coming up, and I'm not going to see you before then. It's not this Sunday, the following yep. Sunday. Um, Marquise Neal, our senior technical director with whom we have done a City Space yes. event before, Love uh, wants to make sure that I ask you <gasps> what makes the best buffalo sauce for wings to serve uh, on uh, if you serve wings ah, at a Super Bowl party. Of course you serve wings. Uh, Marquise, it is, if we're making it at home, and we don't want to make it super complicated. It is, uh, t- I like Tabasco, a little bit of ketchup, uh, butter, salt, and white vinegar. All right. There you go. It's just the ratios. Play with it until you get it hot enough or, you know, however you like it. And now you say, of course, we serve wings. What else do you serve at a Super Bowl party? I think you serve whatever you want at a Super Bowl party. I'm a nacho fan. I like to do a DIY nachos, put my, like, cheese sauce in a little crock and keep that hot and let people kind of do their own nachos. Oh, I love that. Yeah, um, I like to do that. Um, we have a nacho card at Tenderoni's that we do on Sunday nights um, so that you get your, you know, your protein and your cheese and then you get to choose all your toppings. Um I think chili is always a great one. It's cold, usually. Um, chili can also be in in addition to your nachos. Wings, obviously. Chicken tenders, yes. Obviously, barbecue. Um, I like a sandwich bar. I like a you know little sub bar where you can do little nubs of bread and then have different types of subs throughout it where you can kind of... I like a DIY experience. So the other thing I'm noticing in this is that I know you are one who likes zero waste. Mm-hmm. And most of what you're laying out, you could make some version of with whatever you've already got in your kitchen. Correct. Usually, yeah. I think... And then also, I think for me, what's important is whatever's left over can be made into something else, whether it's a strata or whether it's like a casserole or something that you're having for the next week. Yeah. Now, there's another element to this year's Super Bowl that we've never really talked about before unless a person was in the halftime show, which is a pop artist who's not in the halftime yeah. show. Yeah. Taylor Swift. Listen, okay. I have issues. Like, first of all, I'm not... I like Taylor Swift. I'm not a Swifty. I think she... Okay, I am a Swifty. Whatever. I think she's an <laughs> incredible business person. She's shrewd. She's smart. She's contributed like $331 million to the brand value of the Chiefs over the last six months. And to So wait, s- she's dating uh, Kelsey, uh, Travis, Travis Kelsey. Kelsey of the Kansas City Chiefs yep. who are playing the San Francisco 49ers in the Super Bowl. Sorry, it is. Go ahead. So the Chiefs are red. The 49ers are red. This is obviously the Super Bowl red, the Taylor version. There you thing. go. Very nice. Um, I, we've watched a lot of people just have meltdowns about this. I um, previously followed someone who's like, um, she's a female coach or director of operations for um, a team in the NFL. She works for the NFL. And it was just like video of her shaking her head saying, I can't believe we have to watch. The this, this Super Bowl is going to be about Taylor Swift without her 
um, even being the performing artist, I've had enough. And this was another woman. I thought, you guys are so fragile. This is so fragile. She gets to have a boyfriend. She gets to have a life. She gets to have a boyfriend that's on her level and come and support him. And lest I remind all of you that Travis hit on Kelsey first. If we're going to get to the brass tacks of this tea, I'll, I'll, I'll spill the tea. He came to her concert, which is her work, and hit on her first and pouted that she didn't have time to talk to him. So what are we talking about? What are we talking about? See, I didn't know what we were going to talk about, but I always love what we're going to talk just about. just saying, when sit we have down, guys. <laughs> and like a bunch of women are interested in football that weren't previously. And this creates a connection between like fathers and their daughters and boyfriends and girlfriends that maybe weren't there before. This is the last thing I will say, but I saw something yesterday that that was brilliant. When men are saying that this is that she shouldn't be there, they're saying to their daughters who are watching them, be smaller, be less. Well, on that note, we're going to play a little Taylor Swift anti-hero and celebrity chef Tiffany Faison. Kind of blew my mind about it. Thank you so much. (laughs) They go Tay-Tay. Yeah, there we go. Go Chiefs, go 49ers. Taylor wins the Super Bowl. And I'm just going to let Taylor take it out. You've been listening to Radio Boston. I wake up screaming from dreaming One day I'll watch as you're leaving Cause you got tired of my skin